You're listening to an episode of The Zag. Eric DeSobe here. Excited to be joined by NLCLA fellow. It's a hometown pod today. Asha B. Ethantuni is here. 2021 fellow from LA, like I said. He's been working on some things related to his capstone, which a lot of folks have been talking about lately. So excited to have him on the pod again. Let's get to it. All right. Yeah, what do you remember about the 2021 class? We're kind of in recruitment mode for the... 2023 fellows, um, but it's been yeah, a little over a year since you wrapped up. What were some of the memories that you still have of working with that crew? Well, it was a pretty incredible experience for me. Um, I was able to meet a group of people that had such a diverse kind of, you know, um, background and, you know, different sets of skills and things that they could they could offer to the space. So I just learned. It was like just, you know, learning, 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 learning. And there was also this element of connection between us. Um, we were in a more virtual space. I imagine that it's not that way anymore. Um, you know, now that we're kind of back into that in that in that norm, but we were definitely a pandemic group. So it was fully virtual. <clears throat> And um, that experience was 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 cool in many ways because I actually learned a lot about how to manage spaces like that for myself with the work that I do. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, you know, I was able to kind of form these connections of folks, some of which I still haven't met, which is still kind of cool. Yeah, and then you know, one of the features of of NLC Institute is this capstone project. And for folks that don't know, it's a little bit like a, a final project kind of thing. Shark Tank meets TED Talk meets uh, kind of a, a passion or, or, or a hobby that somebody has. And each person does a little bit of something different that might be relevant to them personally or professionally. Love to hear about what you did in uh, your capstone for the Institute, but then how it's evolved since, since that time. Yeah, so my capstone was really centered around developing um, digital spaces at the time, especially because it was, you know, pandemic. Um, but just, you know, spaces that were easier for folks to, to plug into in general. And it's been so been that way going forward um, and in spaces that are focused on alternative spiritual wisdoms that are not widely known about or well practiced um, in today's times. So mostly ancestral and indigenous traditions like the ones that I'm from. So I'm an Ishishe priest um, and traditions that come from Nigeria which are very well known there, you know, very strong um, uh, historical ancestral traditions in uh, the, the Yoruba land part of Nigeria, which is like Southwest Nigeria. Um, and these traditions were ones that have been in my family now for 40 plus years. My parents came into the traditions and then they brought myself and my brothers into the priesthood um, in our youth. And then we are trained to do this work with the community, which is very multifaceted. Um, and I recognize that the, the space we're in now and, and have been in the past few years is a space of tremendous, you know, uh, divide and discord and disconnection amongst communities and ancestral and indigenous wisdoms like the ones that I practice are really helpful for these times. They're really helpful for bringing communities together uh, and working on things like restorative justice issues and things like that. So my goal had been to create a space where many people that practice these different traditions that aren't as 
widely accessible could come together, work together, um, and serve the community at a higher level. And so that's kind of where we're at now. Um, it's been, you know, a couple of years. I actually took mostly about a year uh, this past year um, kind of to myself to restructure and just kind of get myself into a space where I could prepare to really go for uh, the next few steps. Um, the main next step for me is going to be to go to Africa and um, ascend to a kind of like a final level of priesthood, not necessarily a final, there's not really a, an end to the journey, but um, another level of, of priesthood um, in Oderemo in Africa, where I'll have greater access to um, different aspects of the wisdom that I can bring back here and help to serve. So my temple is kind of been the the fertile ground for these types of, uh, you know, community healing events and projects and things like that to take place. Um, we've done ancestor classes and things like that. And I also do uh, sound healing with um, a friend of mine who is very much so focused on bringing these wisdoms back to the forefront because we've found ourselves in a time where a lot of these, these uh, different spiritual practices are, you know, kind of gaining uh, traction or a lot of people are getting involved with them in different spaces, especially all around Los Angeles, but African traditions aren't really getting a lot of space. <laughs> and so my kind of focus right now is to try and, um, you know, offer a lot more space to African ancestral traditions, but also uh, Native American wisdoms as well, uh, because I think that there's a lot that we can do with that, especially in the progressive space of getting more people involved, getting more voices heard and um, facilitating restorative justice projects, which really come from those wisdoms. Restorative justice really is rooted in, you know, kind of circle work wisdom that comes out of ancestral traditions like these. So that's kind of where it's at. And I was curious, in terms of the community issues that, that the folks that you're working with tend to care the most about, you mentioned, you know, there are strands of progressivism and sort of inherent in the work that you're doing, but for the community members that you're engaging with, are you also hearing, um, you know, top of mind issues like affordable housing or healthcare, like what kind of things are most, uh, pressing to folks when it comes to, uh, the engagement that you have with them and what they're thinking about and want the most support with? Well, there's a lot of, I think, social justice, um, you know, that comes to the table. You know, I, I, I've worked in the space of racism and, and activism around that, um, pretty much my entire life. Um, so I think that affordable housing, like you said, has definitely been one in, in the United States, um, in California, especially, um, just because, I mean, the rent's too high. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> it's that simple. Sure. The rent's just too high. And there, you know, aren't really, there aren't really, um, the, the systems in place for those who are marginalized to really have the voices, um, you know, that they need to have at, at the tables that they need to have them. So what I think is really one of the greatest barriers that we have, and this is what we've seen, um, like with, you know, California Center for Equality and Justice, uh, my organization, Brothers of Kwanzaa, and others that I work with around the country. Um, one of the greatest barriers is just people are not really finding ways to get into space and speak with people that they disagree with in ways that are productive, in ways that are healthy, in ways that pr produce, you know, common ground or, or some sort of space for us to, to connect. Um, and restorative justice really offers, um, really, it, it really offers the, the, the best, in my opinion, way to facilitate that because it's designed to make sure that anybody can come into space 
establish a set of, um, you know, kind of uh, like a safe container to work within that they establish themselves, the rules and the guidelines for. Um, and then each person gets their voice heard. And the point mm-hmm. is that you're listening to voices that may not necessarily be completely aligned with yours or resonate with you. But that's kind of the point. The point is that we've kind of isolated ourselves into these groups um, of people that are just like us. And we don't have really any level of tolerance for others that don't have the same worldview or or thinking as we do. So I think that a lot of it is cultural. um, And so a lot of the work that I do really comes to boiling down um, for people and helping them to understand where things like white supremacy, uh, patriarchy, capitalism, colonialism, and these types of things are coming into um, the way that they're thinking and acting in, in the world. And that can be really hard for people to see. The self-awareness around that can be really difficult to develop. But in a safe container, we see it happen all the time. So my, my goal with the work is to just continue getting more and more people into the space. And the more we disagree, the better that space is, in my opinion, <laughs> because there's so much out there that we're talking about in our own corners, but we're not coming together to, you know, to work on. Um, and I think the, the ultimate word that I, I constantly kind of bring people back to is harmony and recognizing that we're in really, really difficult times where some of the great sages of all of our, you know, all of our history, you know, the, the, the Buddhas, the Jesuses, the Muhammads, the, the Confucius, these folks who we we follow their wisdom, they lived in times that are very much so like the times we lived in. And I think we have a lot to learn from how they were able to develop harmony and become, you know, these, these sages that, a world follows now um, in ways of trying to find better development and things like that within their communities and within themselves. Yeah. Hey, last thing we're in recruitment mode to find new fellows for the 2023 class. If you had any advice for people who are considering doing the program for next year, what would you advise them to do? Um, I mean, the, the, the main advice um, would be to tap in with, with folks who have been a part of the new leaders council. I mean, it's a space that gives you, it gives you kind of the ability to show up as your authentic self. And it puts a a very good diverse, diverse group of people together. So I'd say, you know, tap in with someone who's, who's been involved and and get, get a little bit of an understanding of what it's been like uh, for them, because there's so many incredible stories of people that have, you know, nonprofits that have taken off businesses that have taken off. Um, different projects and things that they've done uh, with the community or run for office. And I think it's just really fertile ground to help to get to know yourself better and find growth within yourself and how you can plug into the community around you in a way that's really positive. So, I mean, I, I encourage it for everyone. That's great. Appreciate that. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Zag. You can find all past episodes, all the places you get podcasts. There's a bunch of them there. And also if you're interested in applying to be a fellow, Go to newleaderscouncil.org. All the information is there. Application deadline is in the early part of September, so still plenty of time. And until next time, then, we will catch you soon.